0: Well, it is always a joy to sit around and talk about things that matter. (laughs) And that's what Passion and Purpose is all about. It's to encourage and inspire, but it's also to kind of take us to the now of what God's saying, what God's doing. And we've been in this series without a king. And obviously it's because we need a king. (laughs) It's more just acknowledging we're trying to live without a king and it actually never works and never has and never will. And uh, so Drew, uh, I know you had, you're gonna be sharing this Sunday. Set me up a little bit, because I want to talk today about that repentance from the kingdom of the world to the kingdom of God. But tell us a little bit about what you're gonna be doing this Sunday and, and prep me. Yes,
1: yeah, so one of my uh, main texts I'm gonna be looking at is Mark 1, 14 through 15. It's the beginning of Jesus's yeah. ministry. And it's this really short phrase. It says, Jesus came proclaiming the gospel, saying the kingdom of God is at hand, mm. repent and believe the gospel. Mm. Uh, My concern is sometimes we don't understand the force of what Jesus is saying Mm -hmm. with these words. We interpret that as like, um, just believe this personal spiritual truth maybe, Mm -hmm. and uh, that's how maybe some people understand it. But actually the word gospel in the Greek, it's evangelon, Mm -hmm. and at the time it was a secular term. Mm -hmm. And you you think, go back in time before there was cable news, before there was social media and the internet, which sounds kind of nice sometimes. Do we go back? (laughs) Can we? Uh, But, you know, the way you get news is you get a messenger. So some crazy event could happen in the world, and you might be waiting a month or two to find out. And so um, this this word, good news, describes a messenger who would come and tell you what happened. I don't know what the Greek term is for bad news, but I guess there's (laughs) another word for that. Uh, But, you know, typically it'd be stuff like a military Mm -hmm. victory or a new emperor has ascended to the throne. So Jesus is coming, he's proclaiming this message that's all of life, really, and what is it? The king of, kingdom of God, this thing mm. you've been waiting for, mm. is at hand, it's yep. here. Right. You know. So the whole world is changing, and mm-hmm. it's this defining moment, and then where does he go with it? Repent, which mm. it means to completely turn to right. a new way of thinking. It's not right. just saying sorry, it's like yes, this, you're going absolutely. one way, you're following after one kingdom. You're believing in one set of gospel mm-hmm, messages. Mm. And Jesus is saying, no, I'm here to announce a new kingdom. Right. You need to completely turn mm-hmm. and you need to believe my message. And, right. uh, you know, so it's how, how do we how do we do that? I think it's sure. the question. It's sure. like, OK, this is sure. what scripture says. But in sure. reality, it's tough to hear the words of Jesus and right. actually Truly repent and follow yeah. this way, so I know Jimmy that's been your whole right. life of walking mm-hmm. with Jesus and mm-hmm. something I so respect about you. so take us into what is what's that process look like
0: yeah you know um, there, there's so many ways we could go about this, but let's just kind of work through kind of the teachings of Jesus along this line and um, when Jesus uh, tries to summarize um, to his accusers what it's really all about. He says, everything's wrapped up and love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. So that word, the key word there is all, Mm -hmm. right? All your affections, your passions, your desires, all your uh, uh, mind, the the, the thoughts you have, the actions that you take in response to those thoughts, all your soul, your personality, your preferences, your uniqueness, uh, and all your strength. With everything you have, so this is a very all-encompassing yeah. deal. He's not. Wow. Uh, we think, oh, good. It's simple. Just love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and you know, strength. Love your neighbor yourself. Oh, I can do that. It's no big deal. <laughs> uh, the The deal is the, the the all is what is the 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 trigger point there for good, right? So, for me, uh, when I really kind of grasp that, I, I I started going through all of life. So. You know, maybe today, let me just take you through kind of every thought process, not everyone, but uh, a few, and that is, when I wake in the morning, what does it mean to love God with all my heart, Mm. soul, mind and strength? When I wake up in the morning, uh, I can, left to myself, go to the news feed, uh, emails, uh, text, Instagram, whatever. But when I love God with all my heart, I'm going to wake up and give Him first place first love, and first time. So um, if I, and again, for those who know me, this has been a life message, but it's not because uh, I'm on this deal about what you should or ought do. It's what you need to do to to transfer from the king of the world to the kingdom of God. You have to give him first place. You have to give him first love. When Jesus rebuked the Ephesians for leaving their first love, it wasn't to get at them, to dig at them, or to shame them. It was to free them. Yeah. Right. And everything that Jesus asks of us is to free us. So in the morning, if I give him my first affections, my first energy, uh, my first uh, preference, um, just in word, worship and prayer, then what I'm doing is I'm activating the kingdom of God. Right. So the kingdom of God is within me by the spirit of the Lord, by his choosing and his doing. And I activate it in the morning.
1: Let me ask you a question. Sure. Yeah. So you've been walking with God how many years now? 39. Uh, okay, 39 years. And uh, what I'm hearing you talk about is this is a process you're continuing to do. So th- this wasn't just something you did. Yes. I know this is a bit rhetorical, <laughs> yes, but of course. Yeah. You're, you're talking about this in very present-day terms yes. rather than repentance as maybe a one-time thing you did 39 years ago. <laughs> so give give us a little more, yeah. little more on that.
0: Yeah, so let me say it this way. Um, every season of our life, you have to re-up on the firsts. Mm, on great, what is you? most important. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness as a single college student. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness as a young adult. Seek first the kingdom as a young married, as a guy with one kid, two kids, three kids, <laughs> job, older life, sickness, health, everything. If I if I don't consistently repent or return to or seek first uh, God and then adjust my life accordingly, I will drift. Yeah. And that's where, you know, I would say after 39 years, what I'm most concerned about me is drifting. Yeah. And therefore, I tend not to drift that long because it's my first desire is to seek first the kingdom. So God is faithful to keep me coming back and adjusting and adapting at every life stage. So this 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 first kingdom, when Jesus said, again, seek first the kingdom of God and and his righteousness, all these things will be added to you. When he says that, the next phrase, verse 34, is don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow has enough care of its own. So what he's saying is you need to repent today. You need to seek first today and every day, because tomorrow uh, is going to be kingdom or not kingdom based on what you do today. So we're we're constantly re-upping the firsts,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which is, uh, thanks for asking that question. It made me think through that a little bit. Uh, so first in the morning as a married man, as as a father, then my first kingdom activity then is to establish my kids in the truth. Mm -hmm. So I am first thing, waking them up with kingdom thoughts, right? So I'm declaring over my kids, rise up, men of God, the little boys, the little girls, you are beautiful. You're loved by God. You're my favorite. I'm putting kingdom words to express to them, even as I get them up and wake them up. We're teaching them how to sit and have the first affections towards Jesus, whether it's little Jesus videos or sit and read the Bible and praying. And then we're gathering the family around a devotional time that is never perfect, always crazy, but putting the king and the kingdom Mm -hmm. in the forefront of our home. And, you know, even as I share these things, some people are already getting overwhelmed. Oh, no, I'm failing (laughs) or whatever. But it's not about it's not about success or failure, it's about center points, Yeah. right? It's, its do I understand that the centrality of Jesus must be ruling and reigning and I must be keen, continually coming back to it or continually repenting so that I can stay on the course and direction that God has for me? You know, they have um, a deal on uh, boats and vessels now, automatic pilot, right? That was kind of the pre-GPS stuff. And the deal about a boat is if you put it on automatic pilot, it will go through a storm or anything else. It'll stay on that honing device. All right. Does that make sense? So whether it's a beautiful day and it's a smooth day, if you set the course for an island, it'll take you right there. Uh, But if it's a rough day, literally, it will disregard the waves because the homing device is set. Does that make sense? So when I talk about the king and his kingdom ruling and reigning and the first place, first thing, first of the morning, I'm setting the homing device on heaven. I am set on eternity. I'm set on the king of the kingdom. I'm set uh, on my affections, love God with all your hearts. I'm set on the, the rule and reign of Jesus. So when that is set, then I have strength then if I'm going to work, if I'm working in business or healthcare or education or whatever. That first place, first thing now gives me first strength to say, now your kingdom come, your will be done in my classroom today. Your kingdom come, your will be done in my dorm room, on my campus, whatever it is. Uh, And so all that is, is Lord, your rule and reign, come into this situation and lead, guide, and direct me. So educators who get this, they go in and pray over their rooms because they believe that the spiritual realm affects the natural realm. So now their room is a kingdom expression of the glory of God. I mean, that's amazing. How how would that turn all of education? We're trying to trying to say, man, if we could just get these major policy changes at the federal level to happen, then man, we'd have more life in our schools. And I would say, you are the life in your school. Mm-hmm. And if you would if we would come alive in the kingdom and the rule and reign of God, we would see the rule and reign of God. Now I know you don't mind me rambling, so let me go ADD here a second. And that is Daniel lived out a kingdom perspective in the midst of Babylon. So when people say, I can't uh, live out the kingdom because of X, Y, and Z, uh, Paul lived out the kingdom chained to a prison wall. He wrote letters from prison Mm -hmm. that still activate faith in life and hope today. Daniel lived in prosperity, and he lived in, in the lion's den, and he found the king in the kingdom. So the beautiful thing about the kingdom the kingdom is there is no restraint yeah. Right. There, there is no boundary. There's no border. There's no p- political. Lead. I mean, uh, um, there's just no boundary to it. So when Jesus says, repent, for the kingdom of God is a hand, it's like he's saying, hey, I have something so mind-blowing for you, so big, so large, so what you're made for. Repent. I mean, and, and so it's not a rebuke. I mean, it is, but it's a it's like, come on, wake up. Maybe if we'd say, wake up.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> For the kingdom of God is at hand. Uh, all right. Let me tell you another little story, even though. And then well, before you, you do, let me okay. ask you, because
1: uh, yeah. I'm hearing you talk and I, I'm thinking the way we're talking about repentance might be different than how some people think about repentance, because I think Great. we can get this image in our mind of like, I got to go beat myself up because I right. did something bad. Yeah. And really, what I'm hearing you say to me sounds, um, I like that boat illustration and its alignment. It's, right. Well, there is an Re-aligned. element at times of of that going mm-hmm. low and humbling ourselves mm-hmm. but the thrust of how how you're using this word yep. is it's not beating yourself up but it's aligning yeah. and recognizing Absolutely. that just like the boat I, I love that illustration there's a current that's always pushing me right so repentance is that continual realignment on mm-hmm. what matters which actually is not this it's not this depressing you know somber thing i have to do all exactly. the time but it's it's my joy because it's yes. it's the process that helps me be where i am called to be.
0: Absolutely. So uh, the scripture says, it's his loving kindness that leads us to repentance. So if God is asking us to let go of something and lay hold of something, it's only for our our good because he can't be anything for good, but good. Mm -hmm. So we're back to the nature and character of God. The way we see repentance is my bad is outweighing my good. So I'm going to be good now instead of bad. And I got caught. So we feel shame and guilt and then we turn and try to uh, outdo that by being better, yeah, right, and, and now this is deep theological waters sounding in some simple terms, but the bottom line is if the one asking me to repent only has my best in mind, then repentance can only be good, yeah, right, so the outcome, the intended desire of God is to set me free, uh not to condemn me with no hope or to put me on this yo-yo of hoping my good outweighs my bad all the time. The forgiveness of Jesus is complete. The mercy of God is 100% for those who are humble and contrite of heart. I humble myself to God, I repent, I turn to God, and the forgiveness is immediate, the grace is available, and the power to live a different life is a path that is uh, not only full of joy, but it is full of life, and it's full of the way that God intended me to live. So this is huge, yeah. huge, huge, huge. And I don't, just to be honest, I mean, maybe, Drew, you're different than me, but I don't believe that all the time.
1: <laughs> I, I got I, it figured out, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah but <laughs> no, you know what
0: I'm saying? Yeah, My absolutely. soul still thinks some cheap pleasure yeah. or some other way to live would be the preferred path at this time. Yeah. And then I find that it doesn't satisfy for the 3,000th time and then I repent and say no I'm coming back to Jesus to you and your ways. So again I, I think that what what I what I, what my prayer is uh is that as we take this journey that that repentance process um ends up that the repentance process ends up um being a journey that we get in the groove with for the rest of our lives Uh, we're not doing a six-week series here to say let's sew it all up boom did that uh but like you said i've been walking with jesus for 39 years and i i repented this morning yeah right uh i returned i uh but with joy not not without condemnation exactly which, which is amazing um i want to say one other thing that came to my mind and um it was uh my son Caleb, who's uh, in 26 now, but it was a couple of years ago, and we were in Southern California, and we actually had a couple of days waiting to go to a wedding, and said, "Well, what do you want to do?" We said, "Well, let's go to the Presidential Libraries," and so we went up to the Reagan Library um, in Simi Valley, and cool experience. And and uh, he was at least a God-fearing guy, and so there's some great quotes about his reliance upon God, and and all that, and you just see, wow, here's a kid from uh, middle of the Midwest who made it to mm-hmm. the presidency, and so it's kind of a cool deal. And then and then in between, we we drove down to the Nixon Library, right, and he has some positives and some negatives in his life, but still, they're all inspiring because of all the world events that happened around him. In between, we listened to the testimony of a guy named John Wimber, who started a church planting movement that we were deeply influenced by through the years. And at the end of the day, I'm reflecting with Caleb. Hey, we went to the presidential library. We listened to this. I didn't say John Wimber. I said, we went. To the, what, what impressed you about today? What thoughts do you have about changing the world or being involved in world affairs, or whatever? And he said, You know, honestly, Dad, the drive, the hour and a half drive from one library to the next, where we listened to the story of the kingdom of God invading John Wimber's life, was more inspiring for changing the world. Than these presidential lives, right? Wow. So, 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 so let's 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 unpack that. Uh, and, uh, so the 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 deal is is that we think whatever the top of the food chain is. If I could be Bill Gates, if I could be the President of the United States, if I could be the NFL quarterback, if I could be the beauty queen, whatever it is, whatever we have decided is kind of the apex of glory, um, is so less than God intended for us. Because a president is limited by a political party. He's limited by uh, uh, powers. He's limited by what he can and can't do. And and as a believer, I'm unlimited in the kingdom of God. I mean, like, I know I'm going deep here, but in the spirit realm, I can go to any nation I want today and contend in the heavenly realms and move things around. I, you know, anyway, keep going. What do you think, Drew?
1: No, I mean, I, I, well, it goes back to Jesus and Mark 1, 14 and 15, and we'll yeah. go there uh, in the sermon on Sunday, but it's. You know, there's other kingdoms. Rome at that time seemed a whole lot more powerful Absolutely. than this Absolutely. Yeah, this little sect. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> right. you've got this uh-huh. rabbi prophet who shows up, and I mean, he's in Galilee. That's like, right. you know, that's backcountry. That's yeah. a blue-collar fishing area, yeah. not no seat of power. And so easy to miss that voice saying, repent. Yeah. You know, and you, you, I just picture that the brilliant minds of his day yeah. would have been caught up, you know, the right. power struggle between Rome and politics in Israel and, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, he's talking about the kingdom of God. Israel, actually, Galilee had multiple kings. You had sure. Caesar, right? you had Herod, you had, you had yeah. all the, yeah, you had the Roman governors. Then sure. you, you had, I mean, there's a lot of authorities, a lot of powers. Yeah. And I just started reflecting how easy is it for us to get caught up in the swirl? And of course, it's not that that stuff doesn't matter and it does and yeah, sure. acknowledge that. But this invitation, and I've heard you say, Jimmy, this continual conversion yeah. of Mm-hmm. who has my allegiance right who do i follow yeah whose gospel do i believe yeah. and and there's this constant alignment because man i i'm with you i i, I am uh, what's the right word for it sad at how easily mm-hmm. i get caught up in other voices
0: yes and yeah.
1: i find if i'm not on top of proactively pressing into jesus and yeah. some other voice and it could be different voices based Absolutely. on the day will shape my affections and shape my hope and shape you know what Absolutely. i think is going to lead to change and it's Jesus.
0: Yeah. So uh, so again, maybe just to wrap up today's podcast, uh, I hope that you're inspired to first place, first things. You know, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. And that starts with our affections and our desires being submitted first of the day so that we have strength for the rest of the day to see his kingdom come and his will be done. Hey, uh, just want to note again, Drew's got a uh, Drew and McMurray have a podcast called Ideology. Uh, he's got a book called The Gospel According to Culture. Look, I'm a walking advertisement. For Seriously, Jimmy, thank you. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but those are all just tools, right? We just want to keep feeding the voice, the voice of God through the people of God and the Word of God so that we stay sharp in these days. So we love you guys, and we'll see you next week. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Passion and Purpose, a podcast with Jimmy Seibert and the Antioch Movement. For more information, please visit jimmysibert.com and antioch.org. We'll see you next time.